Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Brew Crew Podcast, a Friday edition of the Brew Crew Podcast. The Boston Bruins have a record of 49-8-5. and They are still on pace to be the greatest team in NHL history. And joining me, as always, it's just us in the booth today, Ricky Welch. Rick, how you doing, bud? How are you? How you doing? I'm doing solid. Uh, a lot of sporty sports things going on right now. Bruins continue the roll. Uh, not too bad. Spring break coming up for me uh, next week uh, on Thursday, leaving for Nashville. Then heading over to Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lickerdale, as some people like to call it. I'm heading down to Clemson tomorrow morning to meet an old pal for the weekend. So uh, warmer weather. Uh, always a good time. Clemson, Nashville, Fort Lauderdale in a week. Not bad. That's a lot. So I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. That's a lot. Uh, I'm going to have a big dent in it probably. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, hey, but I, I, you know, I, I managed to, uh, to, to pull off my trip last couple weeks ago. So I, I hope you can pull off yours. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk uh, some bees before we get into the other stuff. Rick, a little bit of a break right now. Uh, because they're about to go on an absolute tear, I believe. You you have told me they have a game every like Monday, Wednesday, Friday for like the next like six weeks or something like that. Um, but the games that we have missed since our uh, trade deadline special, uh, were where do we leave off? Bruins Kraken. Maybe I yeah I think so. I think so. So 6-5 win over the Kraken, a 3-1 win over the Canucks, a 3-2 win over the Goalie Oilers. goal. Goalie goal since. Goalie goal? Uh, yeah, the Canucks game. That was Canucks, yes. Yes, that was the Canucks. I was watching it at the Bell in Hand. That was... Uh, oh, electric. That was wild. I do believe we should we should stop and talk about that for a minute. Just every goalie's dream. Linus Allmark living out every single goalie's dream. An unbelievable moment. Kind of stinks that Jack Edwards had the call that he did, but... Well, what did he say again? I don't remember. It was like the Vesna leader strikes at a goal of the season, or then who knows. Well, well just a quick side here. The the Athletic, that website, came out with their rankings for all the uh, NHL awards, and Linus Allmark was number two in Vesna, which is just ridiculous. Who is one? Sorokin and on the Islanders, oh. which is ridiculous. He's the best goalie, has the best stats in every category on the team that's going to win the presence. Tra- I mean, I don't know. He should be getting MVP votes, let alone Vesna. So I know. Uh, and then uh, win over the Flames in overtime, in which Linus Olmark made about sixty-five saves. And he had a crazy weekend. It really solidified his uh, Vesna. The the flames outshot them what like sixty five to twenty. <laughs> awesome game though, but yeah, something they did. like that. Orlov something two wild. goals. Yes, that's that's very true. So we did miss that the uh, the late trade. Um, well, we know had we recorded when they had gotten Orlov, Rick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what? What? Oh no, they they um. Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi. We'll get to yeah. that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, a win over the Sabres, and then a win over the Rangers. And they face 
once again, the Oilers tonight at home. Uh, not that anybody cares, but I will be able to watch the game. Very exciting. Very exciting. All right. <laughs> uh, Donnie made some moves right at the deadline, right as the, the days came to an end. I did. I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. I think people thought that they were done for the most part. But the injury to Taylor Hall and Nick Felino forced Donnie to spring into some action, and they picked up Tyler Bertuzzi. Rick, what do we know about Tyler Bertuzzi? Another prick. <laughs> He's just another prick. Uh, there was that video that circulated that of him and Marshand and Carlo just like having a full-on fist fight in one of the games a couple of years ago. Uh, I didn't know how old he was. I guess he's 28, but I feel like he's still young. Uh, just like a, he's like a good, like middle six grinder who can also score like a Brad Marchand light is what I would describe him as not as much skill, but a little more snarl. So you kind of balance those two out. Yeah. He got an assist in that first Rangers game, um, that he played. He looks like he's been playing alongside coil for the most part for the rest of the season with Hall out. So we'll see what happens with Hall. Not great news coming out of there with Hall and Felino. And I think that's what Donnie did, uh, forced his hand to make this move. I think it's a good move, though. First-round pick is probably the asking price for Bertuzzi. He was someone I had like a little like circled earlier in the deadline, but then he came off the market because the Red Wings were pretty good. And then I guess, I don't know, they lost a couple of games here. So he was available. Love the move. Um, adding more snow. We're going to be we're gonna be now. We're hard to play against because of our skill. Now I think we're hard to play against because of our grit and our just our bitch. Like, we're going to be a bitch to play against in the playoffs now with Orlov, Hathaway, and Bertuzzi coming over. We're loaded. <laughs> we're fucking loaded. Fully loaded. I think we go Marshy, Bergeron, DeBrus still. I think DeBrus works very well up there. He's proven that time and time again. I think we go with the check line on the second. Fully healthy. I think you go Hall, Bertuzzi, Coil, which is just fucking absurd as your third line. That's just I'm, they can throw them out there against the best lines in the NHL in the playoffs, the Matthews, uh, the Panarin, Patty Kane, and I think they can hold their own, maybe even score, hold possession, all that. And then fourth line, you go Frederick, Foligno, uh, Hathaway. Just, I mean, skill on every line, grit on every line. Um, just fantastic. Yep. So this move was forced because uh Taylor Hall as we previously mentioned Taylor Hall was placed on long-term IR and Nick Felino was just placed on regular IR Rick what is the difference between the two long-term IR you get like all the cap space back I know that but they have to miss at least 10 games and once it's they come 10? back I'll... I figured it'd be like 30. No, it's 10. It's only 10. DeBrus was put on LTIR. He missed, what, probably like 15 or 16 yeah. games there. Uh, it's the famous thing where Kucherov... Handicap manipulation were... type, Yeah, yeah know, it really like is. That. We were A lot of Bruins fans were making fun of them for doing it, but we're doing it right now, and we've been doing it all season. No sec probably was ready to go after five games, but he had to set out an extra five just to save money. So it's it's a... A loophole in the cap uh, for the NHL, and but they do have to miss ten games. And what we heard from Jimmy Montgomery is they're probably out for at least the rest of the regular season. And I think they might miss a couple games in the playoffs depending on matchup. Also, the stupid, uh, what is it? The NHLPA bargaining agreement. We don't know what the injury is. We'll never know what the injury is. 
uh, maybe until after when the playoffs are over. Felino had a brace on, I believe. Did you see that picture? I did not. Yeah, he has a brace on. Uh, Sounds like Hall might have torn his ACL. Yeah, that that's not good. Uh, hopefully it's a partial tear and he's ready to go. But I'm just believing in the back of my mind as a Bruins fucking homer that these boys love each other in the locker room. And Hall and Fliggy and Uncle Nick want to come back and make this run with the boys. I believe that. And that's that's the thing I'm holding in the back of my mind to help me get through this next month because I'm very nervous. I don't think that the would, run would be the same without those two. I think they're both integral really parts stink to the locker room. If, if you don't have, I mean, you know, uh, we all know my feelings on Felino. Uh, but, but even I to mean, have him in the locker room, I mean, he can't yeah, just in the yeah, locker room. Yeah, but, uh, but even to have him on the ice is different, you know? Losing Hall would be would be tough. Would be really, really difficult to come back from. Um, but hopefully, I mean, they've the way that this roster is constructed, and Marshan said it that the upper that the the office has the front office has done their job. It's now up to the players, which is very true. Which is very yep. true. So Score one for Sweeney. Tip this of the cap. Sweeney's fault if they lose this year. It's not. It's certainly not. I, I um, also I also think the Bertuzzi thing is good because he's pretty much a better Felino. He'll bring that same nastiness, and he'll he's an upgrade. Uh, Felino's played a lot with Coyle this year, so he's definitely going to be an upgrade for Coyle. They've only played that one game together. They looked good. Coyle's having just low-key all year been so consistent, which I love. He Sometimes he gets a little inconsistent there, and he goes into a ghost land. But I think his puck possession has just been fantastic this year. I think he's been really fucking good. So, yeah, I think I also – we kind of have nicknames that throw around for some players. Like we have Uncle Nick. We had the Hall of Famer. We have Handsome Craig, who have both now passed on. I have one for Bertuzzi that I like to throw out there. Lil Uzi is what I want to call him. Pass. Pass? I'll call him that. All right. You can call him that. You can call him that. That's. Yeah. He's not that big. All right. <laughs> Next. That was the we you... It was just a brainstorm drawn. No, no, there's no such thing as a bad idea, but, but that is. Well, it seems like you're giving me a bad idea straight to the face. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, so the uh the other pieces that uh we uh we covered the Hathaway Orlov trade in our trade deadline special, but we hadn't seen them play yet, and this was obviously what a seven game stretch. Uh, seeing them play, so we're uh. We're kind of, you know, they're starting to adjust as is Bertuzzi. I, you know, I'd give Bertuzzi another week probably. Also, shout out, um, my brother. The like two days after Bertuzzi said he got traded, my brother said he saw him in uh, Southie, so that was kind of cool. Oh, see, yeah, he's a Boston guy. He belonged um, here, honestly. So there you go. That that was cool. Um, but uh, what have you seen from Orlov and Hathaway, and what have you thought, Ricky? Um, we'll start with Orlov. I didn't know he had this much offensive talent. I think that kind of jumped off the page right away. We, I'm looking right here with the NHL with the sorry with the Boston Bruins, three goals, six assists, nine points in five games. That seems that's pretty good. much two point. That's two points per game for a defenseman. Um, yeah, I just didn't know he had the offensive flair. That Calgary game, uh, he skated into the zone by himself, took a shot over Dan Vladar, good goal. Face off one right back to him, a clap on him. He has a he has a piss missile. He has a piss missile. Was it the Buffalo game that he had a power play goal on an absolute just seed 
I believe. I think so. I stopped watching that the game after, like, yeah, after yeah. like the second period because yeah. it was like nine yeah. nothing. Yeah, it was like seven seven to one. They won that game. Uh, yeah, he had a piss missile. He had a couple assists in the Ranger or assists in the Rangers game. But yeah, nine points in five games. I just didn't know how much offense he had, and it's great. Now you can. I thought when I said we traded for him, like, oh, you put him with McAvoy, you have a really solid, sturdy guy, so McAvoy can run free. But now it's just like they can both play both. They they can both run free. They both have each other's backs now. It's it's be great. And then you throw Lindholm, have him run free with Carlo and one of the best top fours in the NHL now all of a sudden. It's just this this roster construction is just very, very solid from Don Sweeney. And Hathaway, um I've he he hasn't really done much yet. He he he's the first shift, I think who was the first game? They played Vancouver. Yep. No. Was it Vancouver or Calgary? It was Vancouver. Vancouver. The first shift I saw him, they started his line, and he comes out there and he's trying to fly into the boards and hit somebody. And that's what he does. He's going to bring the energy. He only, I think he only has one. Well, it was, it, it was kind of like that, like, like fourth line in, like, you know, like peewees or, like, high school that doesn't get the shift very often. And then they go out and the kid's like, I'm going to hit someone. And he just, me, just like, goes out and tries to – absolutely nail someone yeah uh that was gotta make your mark somehow well when i was on fourth line for the high school team i was like boys let's just dump and chase (laughs) like let's (laughs) get after (laughs) me rapple and like it was always rotating over the the third guy was and i was like boys let's just fuck sometimes it was cash like boys let's just go and dump and chase we're we're out there to like catch breath for the first two lines like this doesn't catch their breath but anyways yeah hathaway um he's i just have i'm surprised he hasn't dropped the gloves yet maybe we'll see it tonight with the oilers back in town uh by the time this comes out that game would have already happened but yeah it's still he's still gonna be a good fit it's a fourth line guy he's gonna he's gonna get good minutes in the playoffs um so that's worth noting uh schedule moving forward oilers tonight uh, Red Wings on Saturday, Red Wings on Sunday, mm. which is uh, home and home. Of, a little bit of a bizarre move. Um, yeah, schedule is crazy. We're not exactly baseball here. And then uh, Blackhawks on Tuesday and Jets on Thursday. We'll probably have another recording out by by that time. Now, oh, well, are you on spring break? Yeah, I can still do it though. All right, well, we'll take. We'll I just take probably that won't offline. have my microphone, but it's fine. We'll take that offline. Um, yeah, but if you just look at, just touch on the schedule real quick. So yeah. obviously they got the game, two home games, which is fine. But then they could fly to Detroit on Sunday after playing Detroit at home. Then they fly to Chicago for Tuesday. It's fine. Fly to Winnipeg. That's fine. Fly to Minnesota, and then so they just played four games in seven days. Or I'm sorry, five and eight, which is terrible. And then they fly right to Buffalo for a back to back next Saturday, Sunday. Then they have to come all the way back home for a game against Ottawa on Tuesday where they play three home games, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday against the Lightning. And then guess what? You played all these games in that many days traveling all over the place. You go right to Carolina on a Sunday and then you come right back to Boston uh, for a national game on Tuesday. It's lunacy. It's crazy how many games they're sticking in this. And of course, Carolina, we get them again on a back-to-back or we're flying. Fuck that. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's um, terrible spots. I I haven't seen Montgomery like comment or anything on on this upcoming schedule, but this is like ridiculous. <laughs> this I, is I, insane, absolute lunacy. 
yeah, it's it's not so. I think they're going to start maybe sitting some guys. Bergeron, Krejci, I look at them first. Maybe on these back-to-backs, maybe don't play them in that game against Detroit, the, the Sunday one in Detroit. A little load management. Load management. I know I hate it when the NBA does it, but I think we have to do it. We have the older roster. We're, what, 25 points ahead of the Maple Leafs? I don't fucking – it's probably close to 25. Uh, so I think that maybe one of the Buffalo – all these back-to-backs, sit them one of the two. Try to make them travel as least amount as possible. Bruins uh, the, on 103, Toronto on 86. So 15. 16. 17. 17. 17. 17. So I was close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So start sitting them. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, so we've been doing this defensive rotation down at Orlov's in the mix. So we have seven NHL defensemen who could play every night, and there's only six spots. So we've been rotating out Cliffy, Grizzlick, Forbert, Carlo got a game as well. So they started with Clifton, and then once the rotation was over, it was supposed to be Clifton's turn, but they went to Grizzlick. They took him out twice. Well, I, he was the first I one know, to go twice. I know that they moved Grizzlick to the right side tonight. I really? saw that. On, yeah, he's playing on the right, and I don't think he was uh, too thrilled about it in, in an interview. Um. Hey, here's an idea to play better. But, like, that's that's when like players complain about that. Like, dude, just just like play better. It's pretty simple. Or like complain about like getting getting like scratched. Mm. So, are you still on Team Clifton game one, or are you on what? I think it's it's gonna be Clifton. You're talking game one for the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. That's that's seven still to be decided. Seven weeks away. That's what this is for. It's for jockeying for position. Yeah, that's it's a competition. So I feel you like you got it. You got to earn it. I'm all for I, it. I love what I Mike think. Unrest I think when it this. comes down to it, it's gonna be between those two to come out in game one. I was always on Team Grizzly over Clifton and play forward on the right side. But now if Grizzly can play right, we'll see. Um, I right now, I think if the game one started today, I think Grizzly would be the odd man out. So I just wanted to get your. I do like that. the idea though of of Cliffy possibly sitting out a game and then you send him out in game two and he just like basically does that same thing that Hathaway did in his first shift and just yeah. is like an absolute maniac out there. It probably wouldn't work because he'd probably get about seven penalty minutes and three shifts. But uh I would I would be entertained by by Cliffy uh doing that. Yeah, I think I mentioned that last year when we were about to go in against Carolina. I'm like Cliffy you're the biggest Cliffy guy on this podcast. That's one of your guys. We have our guys. I'm a DeBrusque Felino guy, and you're a Cliffy guy, number one. And I think I said I'd rather Cliffy come into game two or game three and just light run show because he would be uh, fucking at wired. home. Yeah, he would. Yeah. He would just like yeah. So just let him let him let him be like a little like nine year old in like a candy store. Just just give mm-hmm. him free reign. Tell him he can go wherever he goes. Positionless hockey with Cliffy. I love it. Yeah, uh, but they have they have options. It's it's a good problem to have, I would say. Indeed, indeed. All right. Anything else from uh, Beesland? Uh, no. They just ten game winning streak is the longest streak of the season. I'm surprised they haven't got that yet. But that, that was... is surprising. They wasn't there when they got the eight. That was the longest one, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. Now they're at ten and big game tonight. ESPN Plus exclusive. 
I know you're happy about that, but Thrilled. some people are not. Suck it, boomers. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else uh, to take away, Rick? I think we covered it for the bees. All right. Sound good. Uh, college hoops. You want to talk some college hoops? Oh, yeah. When I sent you the text today, I was just thinking of other things that are going on. It's a big week week of college basketball today. It was just been – I mean, you saw my setup. I had four TVs. It's, it's still going. You probably heard some screams in the background. I don't know if my microphone filters that out now. I think it does. Okay. Okay, there were some very loud screams. We have a UConn fan, and they were almost blew a twenty point lead to Providence. But I think they're good. Yeah, so Ooh, champ what's week. What's the score of that game? They were up like twenty, and now it's like I think sixty eight, sixty three like, with a minute and a half left. They, wow, yeah, they kind of gagged it a little bit. Wow, Cooley, I, I love Cooley. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just a big college basketball guy at this point. I think we've yep. mentioned it a little bit on the podcast with Maryland, but I'm also big into the Ken Palm, the research. Uh, the, I hate all that. You don't like that? Yeah, that's fine. No, I, no. I like it. I like makes it more enjoyable for me. All the metrics and stuff. Trying to f- um, so I did a lot of research on every conference for every conference tournament. I placed a couple futures. My best one was South Alabama to win the Sun Belt at plus a thousand. They were an eight seed, but I did the all the metrics. Fun Belt. The Fun Belt. Yep. They were the eight seed. They had a married guy named Owen White who put his wedding ring on his shoelace. They just had a big guy and down the middle who had like six blocks in the first game. They they had a D2 New Hampshire transfer. I don't even know what college it was. It was just in New Hampshire. And he was like one of the player of the year in the Sun Belt. They were just a fun team. They started out like one and nine, and then they ran show. They were still the eight seed, though. They went to the finals and lost. It was a fun run, though. But I just like all that fun stuff. And obviously the March Madness comes what out. Are your, uh, what are your futures? Give me Give me your futures. Oh, I don't have any futures for the tournament yet, but I do uh, have Cal, Cal State Fullerton plus six hundred to win the Big West. <laughs> that's not bad. They're usually they usually make yep. the tournament. Uh, felt, yeah, the Titans of Cal State Fullerton, and the only other one I have, uh, I obviously have Maryland plus eight fifty to win the Big Ten tournament. Come on, and Very I nice. also have Miami plus three fifty to win the ACC. They're the favorite though. Um, yeah. so I'll tell you, you my that uh, yell. No. The filter must be working. We both have mics now, by the way. Very impressive. Look at us. Look at us yeah. moving up in the world, Rick. Um, all right. I'll tell you my uh my my futures in the college basketball world. I have Kentucky to make the final four. Fifteen. I like to them one. to win the SEC tournament. Six, I have them. sixteen to one. So Marquette it'll, to make it'll be the like final a seven four. Seed. Marquette, I don't like Marquette. Oh, They're... I love Marquette. I love. They almost lost Mar- to St. John's today. Okay. They won in overtime. I I watched the game. I know. I watch. I've watched like all of their games. I'm. A, I love Shaka Smart. I've been on Marquette. I like Marquette's probably like if I had if you're like pick a college basketball team. Listen, Terp for life. But like, if if you had to pick a college basketball team, I'm Marquette. And I used to like Marquette they, too. That was before they were good. Like before they were good this year. Like I've I've been on Marquette for a long yeah, time. Yeah, back when NCAA had video games, they I had NC basketball ten with Blake Griffin on the cover in Oklahoma. They asked you to pick your favorite team. Mine was Marquette. Yep. Uh, and then I do have the Dirty Terps to make the Final Four at uh, it's not 20, gonna happen. twenty-two to one. We're gonna be an eight to seed. One. We're gonna be an eight seed, one. and we're gonna get bounced by like Kansas in the second round. 
20, 22 to one. And then the winner plays. Oh, and Arkansas. Those seem like heart picks. Those are those picks are from the heart. It seems like Kentucky's not. Kentucky's Mar- not. Mar- Mar- Marquette, Maryland, for sure are. Uh, Kentucky's not, and then I have Arkansas, which is for sure a hard pick because I love the must bus. Uh, and then my, yeah. So those are all to make the final four. You know, I just really need to hit on one of those. Uh, and then my winner plays are uh, Baylor at sixteen to one and Marquette at thirty five to one. What are you talking about, Baylor? Nope. They're they're sliding. They're sliding like a. Right down the mountain. They just lost again today to Iowa State. Back-to-back losses to one of the worst offensive teams in the country. Uh, they Iowa have experience. Flo Famba, Adam Flagler. Uh, Flagler's a stud. Yeah, they're good. I mean, Big 12, is they play a lot of good competition, so that could Big help. 12's Big 12 is the best conference in the country. Yeah. So who do I want to – who would I like to win? I Not that I like to win. Who do I like to win? It's going to be such a boring answer, but they're the best team in the country. Houston. I don't even think that there is a true best team in the country. I hate I Alabama. Like I, I, don't, I, hate, I don't. I think I hate Nate Oates. I think they, Nate just, Oates, they don't hit their. They get a cold night. They're done. They're toast. I think Nate Oates is like the biggest loser ever. Uh, any sleeper teams I can think of? I think UConn. They look fantastic today. I know they're blowing it right now, but they're going to be right up there. I would like Xavier too from the Big East, but they just lost their best player for the rest of the season. UCLA lost one of their better players for the season as well. Um, Kansas might go back to back. It's gonna be a good tournament. It's not. People say it's wide open. I don't know if it's wide open. I think there's probably a bigger pool that could win than usual. But it's always yep. fun. Look out for any uh, for upset teams. Oral Roberts again is back, and they're fucking really good. They're gonna be like a 12 seed this time. This time, not a 15 seed. They're very good. One of the best shooting teams in the country. Uh, Colgate. I like I like Drake. Colgate. Colgate. I pick Colgate every year. I pick Colgate. Colgate, Colgate is like the best three-point shooting team. They of shoot forty percent every year. They just bring in guys who can shoot over and over and over it's again. Ridiculous. I pick them to win every year. They almost they're so close every time. Just pick them again this year. I think they might be as low as a fifteen seed. So if they get a good matchup, say against a Purdue, and oh well, Purdue might bully them down low. So it has to be the right matchup. Who can say? Who can possibly say the next? So many. Yeah, we'll talk about it more is, next podcast. Such a great the bracket month. will be out and stuff, but. Um, yeah, it's a great time for sports, the players as well. And quickly, yeah, on the players, uh, I don't know how – I know you're a big majors golf fan. I don't know how um, how much day-to-day PGA Tour you're, um, you're taking in. I, I'm trying to be way better at the PGA this year. I watched a decent amount of the Arnold Palmer, uh, not the final day. Because oh, I, the Arnold Palmer is terrible. That's such a bad People don't tournament. like the Arnold Palmer, so I'm learning that too. I'm learning more about the overall tournaments and so, Arnold Palmer's uh, very other stinky. tournaments. No disrespect to Arnold Palmer. Mr. Yes. Palmer. I just heard the, the course isn't good or something. Yeah, it's very bad. Very bad. Um, I obviously watched the waste management a little bit. Uh, we were watching today. I have, so I do have, as you know, I'm a very good better at golf. I'm very good at handicapping golf. So I do have a couple, uh, two picks. This guy, Ryan Fox. Uh, number 28 three. player in the world. Yep, but he's plus three twenty to finish top thirty. That's probably a good pick. He's never played yeah. the golf course before. Okay, I did do my research. I know he's never played the golf course, but I heard this is a good uh, strikers course. Second shot golf course. Good second, second shot golf ball course. Stri- ball strikers golf. Ball course. strikers course. Okay, I did my research there, and I also like Keegan Bradley to win plus forty one hundred. Shout out Ludlow, Maine. 
Or Ludlow, Vermont. No, Ludlow, yeah. um, Ludlow he, Vermont. He's already plus 2,500 to win, so he must be having a decent day out there. I know more cowers shot eight under. What the fuck? Seven. Today. Seven under? Seven. <clears throat> okay. Um, but yeah, it looks like a, a TBC Sawgrass, that 17th hole, looks really fun to play. I probably would get it like a eight on it because I just go in the water every time. I saw there. I do got an eight on it today. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and I also have, I didn't place it yet, but I was thinking about it. Victor Hovland. I know he's a good ball striker to finish like, I don't know, top 20. I feel like he'd probably be he, minus. He something. is. The problem is he can't chip. The dude mm, just I cannot, heard that as well. He cannot chip the golf ball and that causes some real some real issues for him, uh, especially at Sawgrass where you, you find yourself chipping a lot. So like he's, he's like the worst, he's like a top 10 player in the world. And he's like the worst chipper on tour. He has the worst short game. On I, tour. Uh, so I have a question for you as you're a pretty big golf guy. So I, I guess if you don't count the tour championship, uh, is this the fifth tournament? I mean, it's, it's like kind of a complex start question because like the tour tries to make it the fifth, the fifth major. It's a, tour, it's a PGA event, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a PGA tour event. None of the majors are PGA tour events. We stuff, we definitely don't need. Well, isn't we, the PGA we, championship a PGA tour event? That's PGA of America. Very different. Very different. Wow. Yeah. Wow. More, you yeah. know. Yep. So different, different organizations, different, different tournaments. Um, the PGA Tour, this is the PGA Tour's like biggest crown jewel event, and they've tried to market it as the fifth major for like 40 years, and it's never caught on. It's a big event. Everyone knows it's a big event, but it's not the fifth major. Uh, as for the fifth major? There is no fifth major. There's four majors. I know, but what would be the next most prestige tournament to win? This. Okay, so I don't... I, when I said fifth major, that's not what I meant. I mean, like, what's the fifth most important tournament? It's the players. Yeah, it's probably it's either the, the players, players. Something about either, it has some it has some class to it. Like, it is some there's like some class to the players. It's either for me, it's either the players or Genesis. Those are those are the two biggest. Um, really? Genesis Genesis happened two weeks ago. It's like the best. Yeah, it's I know the, best the Tiger tournament. Yeah, it's the best golf course on tour, like unequivocally. Um. Those are probably, I mean, purse wise, this is the biggest. Most money goes to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the FedEx Cup is a complete farce, just a complete joke. I don't uh, like. I hate that format. I just learned about that format because oh, I watched it's terrible. swing full swing. By the way, great. This is getting me more into golf to watch like the other tournaments and follow the players more than the just the majors. That's what kind of got me into like. All right, I'm gonna try this. Looking at the schedule, the Dell Technologies match play is coming up. Last year, they're not. They're getting rid of the match play after this year. They're yeah. doing themselves no favors. Oh, the PGA Tour, they do themselves no. They've been doing it for forty years. They do themselves no favors. Shout out to Jay Monahan from Winchester. <laughs> yeah, there doesn't seem like they're doing Commission, themselves Commissioner favors, Monahan. I'll, I'll keep an eye on the players. I'm going to Clemson, so I don't know how much access I'll have to a television. But I have those futures, uh, those bets, and it looks like a good golf course. Looks like it has some. I don't want. It has some prestige, but not as much prestige as the majors. But it has some like. I feel like it has some class because you play at the same course every year, and that's like one of the that in Augusta, and no, well, all the PGA Tour events, not all, but most of the PGA Tour events are played at the same course uh, year in year out. But this this, this is, is a famous course, though. 
yeah, yeah. This is this is like uh, Pete Dye, the guy who built it. It's like as easily his most famous golf course. All right, yeah. So I'll, I'm more into I'm gonna get more into golf as the I was into golf for like the majors. Hell yeah! I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Love more. It. I'm gonna get more into golf for like the whole season aspect and the storylines and who's hot. Like I I picked Scotty Scheffler to win last year, but I had no idea how much of a heater he was on before the Masters last year. He won the Arnold Palmer. He won the match play. He was just on a league of his own last year, right? Before the Masters? Yeah, last year, heading into the Masters, he won uh, Phoenix, Arnold Palmer, match play. Damn. One more. And then the Masters? Or no, maybe maybe then the Masters. We'll get back to you on that. Who can say? Well, um, I just I know Rory had a terrible day. Scheffler's right there with more cower. Could be a good leaderboard going to Sunday. The hero. Hopefully Keegan Bradley. Let's I might get a live update on Keegan. We still got a couple minutes here, but just bad radio right. though. I know. Can you cut this part? Some kid uh some kid shot eight under. Yeah, Chad Rainey. Keegan's probably like one or two under. Bradley's one under through 12, tied for 28th. Need a couple more shots out of him. Ooh. That's but actually I not saw great. What did he do on 11? 11's a par five. You're Everybody's supposed to birdie 11. He was one under when, last time I checked, so I don't imagine he did very good. What, 11 you said? He got a par. Yeah. He just birdied good. 12. Oh, because he bogeyed 10. He uh... has four birdies and three bogeys, is what he's doing. Yeah, that's not bad. That's that's fine. So, that's my future. Keegan Bradley hopefully is there um, by the end of Victor Hovland. Let's see what his live odds are. Oh, he's falling down. He's back to forty five hundred. So back to right where around I got him. So the was... man can't chip. All right, Ricky. It is always a pleasure. Go bees. Watch see you the players. weekly now. See you weekly. 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 Weekly until season end. Yep. Go bees. Right. Go bees, kid. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows. The whistle blows. And the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps. And the players bump. And the fans all go insane. Someone roars. Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period, where players dash with skates of flash. The home team trails behind, but they grab the puck and go bursting up, and they're down across the line. They storm the crease like bumblebees. They travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside. It's a 1-1 hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Third period, last game in the playoffs, too. Oh, take me where the hockey players face off down the rink. And the Stanley Cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink. 
Now the final flick of a hockey stick and a one gigantic scream. The puck is in, the home team wins the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old